feel from the word of God, I want to really encourage you to, to keep believing God. This is a year of fruitfulness. Uh, on Sunday night, I got another testimony. They keep coming. Uh, this is a guy that I prayed with Pastor Wendy looking for a job sometime just not too long ago. Uh, but right now, he said, Pastor, the, the showers of blessings really coming on us. He has four jobs, four offers. And he says, I'm confused. I need to pray to decide <laughs> what I need to do. So God is really pouring down on us, and we should enjoy it. Tonight, I want to talk about the city of refuge. The city of refuge. Father, I just ask that you speak to us uh, with the time we have tonight. We give you praise and we give you honor. We thank you for your word. Open our eyes and give us understanding. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start from uh, Joshua chapter 20. Uh, The scripture says that, that the Lord also spoke to Joshua saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourself cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. If you've killed someone, the scripture is saying, if you've killed someone unintentionally in their time, there is somebody that is referred to as the avenger of blood. And you don't have to go to court for any trial. They have the right to kill you. And they keep coming after you. They'll search for you. You can hide, but they keep coming after you. If they get you, you're dead. But God said, if you have done that unintentionally, uh, I want you to set up cities of refuge where the one who has killed somebody unintentionally can flee to. And when he gets there, he stands at the gate and the elders will come to him. He'll declare to the elders what happened. And he said, after he's declared to them, the elders have the obligation to accept that person into their city of refuge and make provision for him, find a place for him to live, and let him live among you as a place of refuge. And if the avenger of blood comes in or comes into that city looking for this uh, one who is slaying somebody, prevent him. He cannot kill the one who has committed murder unintentionally As long as he is in that city of refuge. And God said, set it all over the place. You know, have one here, have one there, so that they can quickly go into it. And he can stay in that city as long as he wants. Until the day he is able to come out and stand in judgment before his people. Or after the high priest dies. If the high priest dies, he's out. He goes back. So his life will be under the mercy of the avenger of blood, and they will show no mercy. Now, I want to submit to you tonight that there is, in the New Testament time, the avenger of blood. 
He is the devil. He has a threefold ministry. You don't have to kill anybody for him to come after you. You don't have to do anything wrong. He wants to kill you. In John chapter 10 verse 10, the Bible tells us that he, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we also, in the New Testament, we need a city of refuge. We need a city of refuge. And our city of refuge is the church. It's called Mount Zion. I'm going to share from the word of God to you, with, to you tonight. From this city of refuge. I don't think a lot of people understand how important a place that is set out, separated for the worship of God. How it can really be a protection for your life, your family, your spiritual life, everything about you. The house of God. God called it, in the, in the Old Testament, it was the city of Jerusalem. God usually has respect for places. God, that's the way he is. He's not changed. He puts his name in the place, and that thing is called, or the place is called by his name. If you go there and act silly, you're going to pay the price. If he puts a cup somewhere, and he says, that cup is holy, you drink from the cup, and you are not respectful, guess what? You may lose your life. That's just the way God is. God has for the children of his children, Mount Zion, that is where the church gathers, the people of God. That's very important to the Lord, and I'm going to be sharing that with you from the scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 2, just to make you real clear, Verse 1 through, uh, verse, uh, beginning from verse 2. It says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. How many know we're living in the latter days? These are the times. In the latter days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. So you got a lot of mountains, but then you have another mountain that is over these other mountains, and God's house is established on that mountain. The mountain of the Lord's house is over there, these other mountains. And I want to submit to you, the mountain of the Lord's house, that's God's people, where people of God come together. That's the mountain of God's house, because when they come together, they come together in His name, and He's placed His name over that, and the rest of the mountains, that's the nations. Amen? It says, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Amen? All nations will be affected. All nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. In what days? In the latter days. That's the time we're living in. So where is the mountain of the Lord? The church. Where people gather to call upon the name of the Lord. Is that important 
anywhere they gather. God's there. That's his mountain. Unusual things will happen when God's people gather. It says, many people shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He shall teach us of his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For, our, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's the house of God. So Mount Zion is really our place of refuge. In, in Psalm 32, verse 13 through 16, it says, For the Lord has chosen Zion, that's the church, he has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell. That's with the church. That's forever. For I have desired it. I will abundantly bless a provision. So God will abundantly bless the house of God. This is one reason I believe firmly the Ark Fellowship will never know want. The day will never come. Because God will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. In other words, you will not lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But this is happening in Mount Zion that he has chosen. God is still the same. There is still Mount Zion today where the children of God gather. I don't care if it's in a field. But if it's a place, especially a place that has been set aside for the work of God, you need to recognize that that's special because the Spirit of God stays there. And when you have respect for that place and you come there to have your appointment with Him, things will change in your life. It's so important. We need to understand principles. That's what I look for. You understand what I'm saying? When I read scripture, I don't read just to know. I read to find out what's really going on here. Because when God is telling stories, inside those stories are hidden mysteries. And they're only revealed to those who seek and find. They will find. Those who are searching, those who are thirsty. If you are not thirsty, you will never discover them. Every secret of God all the things of God are shrouded in mystery. There is nothing precious that you will find just on the surface. They are always hidden. Gold is hidden. Even black gold, the one they call all, that's hidden. You got to dig deep to get it. So until you really want to see those principles, you'll never see them. But once you discover them, and you begin to gravitate towards obeying them. Things begin to change in your life. And then you have this unusual confidence that the spirit who revealed this thing to you gives to you that this will certainly work. Others will walk by it and not feel a thing. But they see the miracles happening. The reason one, this one's eyes are open, the other one is still blind. So the, we need to go to Mount Zion where the veil is taking over our eyes. And we're coming to that. 
This is where veils taking off people's eyes. Amen? Until the veil, the veil is taken off your eyes, you can't see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for what? They shall see God. See God Almighty. Oh, the revelations of God, the secrets of God, He unveils them to you so that you can see that from the Old Testament all the way to the New, God is the same God. And if you have understanding, then you know exactly what to do so that God can reach you and minister to you. So Mount Zion is a place where God provides for His people. Amen? He is their shepherd. And it says here, he will satisfy the poor with bread. So if you're satisfied with bread, you're no longer poor. He takes care of you. And Mount Zion, he said, I will also clothe a priest with salvation. And a saints will shout for joy. So everyone in the house of God shouting for joy. You see, many come to church. Having no expectation. They don't, they, they just, they're just doing something. Sunday, again, I got to go to church. You got to open, you got to point this. Completely. You can't come into the presence of God without leaving His presence and your forehead shining. Amen. Something is going to change when you come into the house of God. Where the Almighty is. Your life can never be the same. We remain the same and nothing is changing because you have no understanding. Or there is no hunger. No expectation. You're going to try something. You can never come into the very presence of the Almighty and leave the same person. If your eyes are open, you will see the King. And when He touches your mouth with His coal. Your life is changed forever. You can never be the same. This will take place in Mount Zion. In the house of God. So a lot of people don't understand that. Did you know David never lost one battle in his entire life? David never did. David was addicted to going to church. We're told that he prayed three times a day. You can read that, that, that in Daniel. Daniel had three times where he left. He was one of the top guys in the country. He made time. Three times a day he went. They were in captivity. He would turn towards the tabernacle in Jerusalem. And he's praying because that's what God recommended. If he was in Jerusalem, guess where you'll find him? In the house of God. David went to pray three times. I did it again three times, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I can never be delivered from that. You pray for me. <laughs> he went three times before God. And you know, he went seven times to worship. So ten times in one day, David was in the house of God. Ten times in one day, he was inside the house of God. You remember the story when the prophet came and told him, don't forget about this. Your son, uh, don't worry about building the tabernacle. God heard you. You too, you're a bloody man. You've been in too many wars. Your son is going to build it. And God has made this promise. That your son, somebody from your line will always be 
on the throne. Guess what he did? He went right into the house of God and sat there for I don't know how long. He said nothing. He just sat there in the house. Be sure he didn't go into the Holy of Holies. That's not the place to go. He couldn't go there. I'm sure he probably was in the court of the women where everybody gathered. That's the only place he could go. He couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. But God was there. It was God's house dedicated to the worship of God. He sat there. And guess who was there with him? God. And he says, God, what did you see in me? Why are you so kind to me? You blessed me so much. What is this you're saying? And then after he praised the Lord, he said, Now, God, you know, you're God. You said these things. You must do this what you've said, okay? (laughs) You got to do it. And God did. But he was addicted to going to God's house. Because God has placed his name there, Mount Zion. And so the house of God is not just a place to go and just to worship. God's presence is there. Make sure you have your appointment there. Hannah could have prayed from her home, right? You think she wasn't praying at home? She prayed at home. That's mother of Samuel. And when things got hot and things were painful, she went into the tabernacle. And she prayed. And guess what? God heard. And things changed. Jesus was like that as well. He told Mary and Joseph, because he stayed back in the tabernacle, remember? I must be about my father's business in the house of God. In the New Testament, Paul and the others, they always went to church. Remember, Acts of the Apostle. They were going into the sanctuary. It was New Testament time, right? But they were still going into the house of God. You don't deceive yourself that there is no place anymore, that God has put his name. Paul even went to that place to pray. He wanted to go back to the house of God. We need to understand that. When the people of God gather, where they gather, God has put his name there. He desires to be there. And when you show up, even if it's a time to pray, and you're by yourself, God's right there. I remember reading a story by Kenneth Hagin. How everybody, it was Sunday morning. After he preached, everybody left. And he said, I'm going to stay in the house of God in prayer. Because there was oppression in that building. And as he was praying, God opened his eyes and he saw the demon that was sitting over the church up there. Read his book. There was another time he was there again and he prayed for one hour. And the devil spoke to him. He said, you've been praying in tongues for one hour. Do you feel any different? And he said, who said that? He realized it was the devil. He said, if you say that again, I'll go right back for another hour. And the devil repeated it. He went for another hour of prayer. And then as the hour was closing, he was standing up and said, if you say that again, I'll go right back. And guess what? The devil was quiet this time. <laughs> it's good. You know, David, he missed the house of God. While he was running from, from Saul, he was in the wilderness. And in Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 63, David says, my soul longs. For God. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. My soul thirsts for you. And my flesh, my flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. He says, it's just like I've been in the sanctuary. You know, where I beheld you. 
and I saw to see your glory and your power. He made it very clear. David yearned to be. He couldn't stand it. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So it's very important that we realize that. Unusual things happen when we go into God's house. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 through 24, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion, again, Mount Zion in the New Testament, right? You have come to Mount Zion in the, uh, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. So when we come to Mount Zion, we come into the house of God, when we are worshiping, guess what? Angels are everywhere. Innumerable company of angels. That's when we come to God's house and God is there. Jesus said, when two or three gather together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. You can't have the king and no angels around. God's presence is everywhere when we gather. That's Mount Zion. So when we come into the house of God, the innumerable number of angels all over the place to minister to God's people. Think about it. Hebrews chapter 1 says, these angels, have cre- they were created as ministers to minister to those who are called to be heirs of salvation. So when we come into God's house, we are coming to the company of angels, a lot of them, in the house of God on Sunday when we meet. Even as we are meeting here tonight, they are all over the place. The spirit of just men made perfect. You are not just coming here, we are coming to Jesus, the mediator, so he talks about the covenant that when we come, the covenant is being ratified every time we come by the sprinkling of the blood. You are being sprinkled constantly when you come into God's house. That's spoken there. The, the blood of spring, sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You are being sprinkled every time you come. There are unusual things happening that you can't explain going on in the spirit realm when we are worshiping the Lord that we don't feel. How can you come in and remain the same? Look at everything that's going on around you. The very presence of the living God. That's why we don't have any reason to be afraid of anything. Because the blood of sprinkling is always there. Always there. And the blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Every time we come to Mount Zion, the blood speaking. The blood speaking. And you know what the blood speaks? Passover. Right? It's the Passover lamb. The Passover blood. Passover. Sickness, Passover. Poverty and want, Passover. Oh, God's people, Passover. Death, 
Passover. Depression, Passover. This, that's not God's people's portion. It's the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And when he speaks over your life, he stays with you. Your life is transformed. Depression, Passover. That's not for the people of God. Want, pain, fear, all of those things. Troubles, all Passover. Destruction, Passover. Bible says evil will not come near your dwelling. So it's Passover. The blood of sprinkling, he's speaking good things over your life. There are not just Passover, there are certain to come over. Amen. <laughs> not just Passover. Come over. Righteousness, come over. Favor, the blood is speaking, come over. Will you understand what I'm saying? Come over. Wealth, come over. Good things. Strength, come over. Divine health, come over. Divine favor, come over. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. He's not saying kill. He's saying make a life, new life, divine life. Come over. He says that we might partake of his divine nature. That's what God wants for us. So the blood is speaking for us. And the angels are busy bringing those things to us. That's why we have in our confession, in our prayer for offering, that this ministering spirit be released so that they can gather in our harvest. God has sent them here to minister to us. And so when we come into God's presence, we come into a company of angels. And these things are for us. So God wants to bless the children of God. This is like a dream when we understand what's happening. You remember the story of Jacob. And Jacob, you know, was traveling, running away from his brother. And he, he picked a piece a stone and he had a, his night's sleep. And then he had a dream. You remember that? He had a dream. This was in Genesis chapter 28. And he says, there was set a ladder. Amen? From on the earth, reaching up into heaven. And the angels of God, every time God's presence, angels are there. The angels of God are going up, descending, and ascending around on that particular ladder. And guess who was standing over that? The Lord himself was on top of that. And when Jacob woke up, he says, oh my goodness, this is awesome. The Lord is in this place. And I, I didn't know it. I didn't know. He says, this is an awesome place. He says, this is the gates of heaven. So when you come into God's house, you are really coming into God's presence. And God will bless you. One of the key things that God will do for you when you come into his presence is strength. Spiritual strength. There was a time in my life when, you know, I, I was so uncertain. Very uncertain about everything. You know, about my position with God. And I, a lot of doubts. I hear people say this. I used to have that. It was, I can relate to people when they are having those problems. 
I pray for people that even today, because I was so full of doubt and uncertainty about, about God. Sometimes I ask myself in those days, I ask the minister, what do you have to do to really know that God's with you? <laughs> I'm sure uh, he won't believe that I'm the one speaking today if he saw me, because he, he was trying to talk to me, and I, I just thought, you're not making sense. But God will give you strength. In Psalm 84, verse 7, it says, They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Okay? When you appear before God, guess what's going to be happening to your life? You grow from strength to strength. As the Bible says, Jesus came and out of his fullness we receive grace upon grace you got to come take some time i prefer coming to this place to pray why don't you just come when there's nobody around your appointment walking going to house god's house and watch what's going to happen it's very important when you set your time you will never be the same it's not just when everyone is around take some time to be by yourself with god Set up an appointment. I pray. I pray at home. I can pray at home. I did that this afternoon. But I'll come here to pray. When, it's, when I'm feeling that way, I may just stay here in the sanctuary or go back here. It's God's house. See what God will do with your life. Seems simple, right? Doesn't make sense. But believe me, when it's a place that God has put his name, your life will not be the same. God will change your life. There's been people who sleep in church. Watch them. They stay in there. And watch their life, what God does. I don't understand it, okay, please. I'm not putting any law, but it's your heart condition. It's not a question of just laying there. It's what's in your heart. God knows what you're doing. You want to be in his presence. He visits you. He visits you. Sometimes he'll really speak to you. But until you decide, I'm going to search for him, you won't find him. But if that's in your heart, you will make time. And you do that a few times. Sometimes I think God watches you to see if if you're really serious about this. And when he knows your heart is really in it, one day when you are not just minding your business, like Novahe says, he shows up. And that one day will be the defining moment for your life. Because your life will change from then on. Nobody can understand it. But that's what it takes. God will give you that strength that you need for him. The house of God is a place of revelation. And I'm going to close with this. This is the most important thing. Because Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 tells us very clearly. It says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. When God reveals something to you, he's better than money. I'm telling you, he's he's bigger, much better than money. It will stay with you, and after you've gone, he will stay with your family, your children, even to the tenth generation. So what God gives to you is revelation. 
It's your property. Read that scripture. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things which are revealed, they belong to you. That's your property. That's a gift from God to you. For you and your children forever. But you have to seek for it. And the house of God is a place where God can open your eyes all of a sudden and give you a gift that will transform your life, your generation, sometimes nations, sometimes. Your, one revelation can transform a nation by one person. God can do that. In Isaiah 25, verse 6 through 8, God says there, The Lord All-Powerful, this is New Century Version, it says, the Lord all-powerful will prepare a feast on this mountain for all people. That's the house of God. Amen? Not just some food, a feast. Every time you come before God, there is a feast. There is festival going on. Most people don't rec- recognize that. They leave empty, hungry, lean. And yet, they have been in a place where God in his heart has actually prepared a feast for them. The Bible says, he prepares a table before me, where? In the presence of, that's a feast. Every time we come into God's house in Mount Zion, this almighty God, the Lord of hosts, prepares a feast for his people. Every time. He said it will be a feast with all of the best food. Now God is not talking about hamburgers, okay? (laughs) Uh, All, everything that's good in life. The wine, wine signifies life. Strength of life. God will put that there. The finest meat. So the best of things. God prepares a table every time we come into God's house. It's just God's people don't know. My people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't know. They don't know that every time we come to church and Jason is playing, there's a feast going on. The angels are here. They're going back and forth. There's blood sprinkling all over the place to make us holy before God so that we can be accepted in the beloved. We don't recognize that. That's why Jesus told the disciples, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. They didn't realize that things, they were being washed spiritually. They had no clue. Just being in his presence and hearing his words. Things are happening right now in Jesus' name. Things are happening to your life right now in Jesus' name. Your life is being transformed right now in Jesus' name. There are things that are coming to you right now in Jesus' name, and there are things, evil things that are passing over your life because you are in the house of God right now. Because we are having a feast right now. And the angels are all over here. Amen? This is a feast. You don't come here with your head hanging down. You don't know. You don't have understanding. You are in the presence of the Almighty God. And he, He can take care of you. You've tried it your own way for a while. Let. Let him take care of you. That's why he is God. 
all he wants you is from you is to praise him. Amen? And even the praising of him is for your own good. <laughs> it's all about blessing us. That's what God is. It says, on this mountain, again, we come to the mountain, house of God. On this mountain, God will destroy the veil that covers all nations. That's the blindness I'm talking about. See? That's where he destroys. Take the blinders off. The veil that cover, covers all nations. The veil that stretches over all people. God will take that off. He brings revelation. He will destroy death forever. That death is swallowed up in victory. The Lord God will wipe away every tear from every face. He will, ma- he will take away the shame of his people from the earth. The Lord has spoken. Where is he going to take the shame away from his people? Right here. On the earth. Not when we get there. That's why he promised in Isaiah 54, I will not allow you to suffer disgrace. God said that. Did he mean it? Yes. Anything that's going to bring embarrassment to your family, everything that's going to cause you shame in life, the Lord will make that thing pass over your life tonight in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's not your portion. That's not your portion. We are having a feast in the very presence of God here tonight. Amen? So God will take that because God himself is a place of refuge. You see, as uh, Psalm 48, verse 3, it says, God is in her places. What God? Who is her? The church, right? Can you get that? God is in her places where they meet. He is known as what? A refuge. That's where you can go. The house of God is a place to get away from the avenger of blood. He can never reach you. Amen? Satan cannot steal from you, can kill you, can do nothing when you are in those places of God. God is in our places. That's the places of the church. He is known as our refuge. He is our refuge. We can go to him. Psalm 46 verse 1. He says, God is our refuge, our strength, and strength. A very present help in trouble. Always there. Always there. Present right now. Are you in trouble? He's right there. He is your refuge. He is your help. Recognize that every time you come to church, your life is being transformed. I feel bad for people who like to stay home. <laughs> you don't want to be in the house of God. Your life's just going to stay that way. But everyone who goes to the God's presence, and I'm not, this is not, I know this church is going to be full. I don't have any doubt. I'm not looking at what I see. I'm trusting him. Who that person divinely is going to be, I don't know. But I'm waiting. I just know what God's going to do. I pray it's all of us and more of us. That God's going to pour his goodness upon us. Every one of us. Every time you come into the house of God, you listen hearing me tonight, say to yourself before you go, I'm going for a feast. <laughs> Amen? That's what they did when they went to Jerusalem. They were going for the feast, right? 
because it's going to be fun. And David couldn't wait to get there. And Solomon couldn't get, wait to get there to sacrifice. And God appeared to him. So what do you want, son? What do you want? Not at home while he was at the feast. Amen? Not at home while he was there. At night, God showed up. What do you want, son? His life was changed from that one night after the feast. Amen? Your life can be changed. Don't take it lightly when you go to God's house. Get yourself ready. When you come to a feast, as we talk about praising and worshiping God, <laughs> if you are in a feast and you just, I know you're not having fun, right? <laughs> That's why we dance and we worship God. Why? We're in a feast. You don't have understanding. Stand up with me tonight. I pray that God is giving you understanding so you know that you are in a place of refuge. Amen. No evil will come near you because of your place of refuge. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord. I pray that as the Lord brings this revelation to you, and I believe you have something today, walk on it. Take some time. We're here by Rita and the rest of us. If you have time, walk in the house of God. Find some time to spend with him and watch what God will do. We're serving the living God. We're serving the God. And every time you come into the presence, there is sprinkling of blood to make you worthy to be in his very presence. And you're receiving from him. Great things are going to happen to the people of the Ark Fellowship. I really believe that. There's revelations from the Lord that are being spoken over your life and your life is being transformed. I want you to welcome them and say, God, I thank you for the changes you may say, well, I've been a Christian for so long, nothing's happened. You are in a new day. Amen? I am in a new day. Amen? And God is doing a new thing. Your life can never be the same. Dream of something big for your future. Just like Jacob, he had that dream and God spoke to him. I'll bring you right back and it's going to be wonderful. That's your portion today in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? That is your portion. I'm believing God with you. We are together in this. God is going to bless us. Every one of us. Every one of us at the ark. We're going to be blessed. And our children also. They are going to enjoy the blessing. They are going to be all over this country. They are going to be great. We're ready. We are stretching out our tent. We are extending ourselves. And God's with us. And if God be for us, nobody. Not even the avenger of blood. Amen. Let's lift our hands up tonight. Father God, I thank you. We are so privileged to be your people. Lord, it's so true. Your word says you did not choose me. I chose you. I chose you. And I ordained you. You said to go forth and bear fruit. That's, what, that's our passion. We are joined here with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our privilege. Thank you. Because you will take shame and disgrace away from us, even here on this earth. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.